You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And good morning or good afternoon, whatever the case may be. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's only live call-in show, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And um, we're here to, to help you with your pets. We're here to talk about pets. We're here to talk about anything you want, any questions you have. Now's the time. Easy to get a hold of me a number of ways. Certainly the old-fashioned way, the toll-free number, 877-385-8882. You can also join in the conversation here live on PetLifeRadio.com. Click on the Ask the Vets tab and Better yet, the best way is if you do the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab and you scroll down, there's going to be a link and you can join us on Google Hangouts. Those of you who don't have Google Hangouts, now's the time or maybe right after the show is to download it, have it because it's really cool. So you can join us here, sit in front of your phone, sit in front of your computer. You got that little camera and uh, we can actually talk to you live if you have a question, something you want to show me. You know, as the expression goes, the picture's worth a thousand words. If you want to show me something and a little skin mole, a little something, a little abnormality, a pet's limp, whatever, now you can do it on right here live with me on Google Hangouts. And uh, it's, it's probably the best way to communicate. And just get used to it because I can only tell you that the way things are going in our veterinary industry, uh, within the next year, maybe less, maybe a little bit more, we're going to be have virtual veterinary visits. And that means you can contact your veterinarian or a veterinarian, not have to get in the car, not have to sit and park a lot, fight traffic, but you could be able to get online, talk to a veterinarian face-to-face, have a veterinarian see your dog. Of course, he won't be able to feel, but he can see and at least guide you, give you recommendations for treatment, give you recommendations for what the next best step is. But in some cases, you still may end up having to go to your vet, but, but in many cases, he or she will be able to help you avoid the hassle of getting to a veterinarian, give you some ideas, things to try. And uh, that's where I think some of the industry is going. I mean, let's face it. Come on, let's talk millennials here. Let's talk somebody who's in their, you know, 20s, early 30s, and they are sitting and saying, you know what? I'm in the mood for pizza. Now, are they going to hop in their car and go to the closest pizza place? No way. They're going to get out their phone, hit a couple of things, probably go to the pizza app, all we know, and all of a sudden, within 15 minutes, they're going to have a pizza at the door. Might it cost them five bucks more? Of course. But you know what? That's what they want. We want the convenience. We want the ease. We want to not get in our car and fight traffic. We want it now. And uh, that's what we're going to do. So here's a great way to practice. Go on to Google Hangouts. Join us here live. Let's talk pets. A couple of things I want to talk to you about. We're going to talk about, and we've had this discussion before, but judging from the questions I've had in recent weeks because of people traveling with your pets and vaccines, I realize that this is a topic that needs to be addressed and readdressed because it's very, very new. There's a lot of new information out there, a lot of new recommendations from our profession in most cases. Now, unfortunately, there are going to be some hospital chains, one in particular, that might battle me on this one. I would love, actually love to get a representative from this chain or even a doctor who works at one of these hospitals and have a live on-air discussion, you could call it. Maybe argument might be a better term. A debate. How's that? On this whole vaccine issue, because we as a profession 
have been over-vaccinating to the detriment of our patients. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. But first, as I like to do, I like to peruse the news. So I subscribe to a number of animal pet-related, veterinary-related sites. And uh, there's some really cool stories here. First of all, this one I liked a lot. And many of you are going to like it as well. And that is that the Tufts University Cummings School of Veterinary Medicine has been working on studying injuries of dogs, injuries from that often owners say, are, well, my dog hurt himself when we were in a car accident. And the suspicion was that it was due to abuse. Well, they have done a study, they're in the midst of it, but the early conclusions have already been published that they can now differentiate between dogs injured through abuse versus some sort of other accident, say a car accident. But they've been able to study the injuries of the soft tissues. And there are certain patterns that in animal abuse cases continue to show up that are not there in injuries from other reasons, like a true injury, a dog bumping into something, getting in a car wreck, falling down the stairs, whatever the case may be. That does happen too. I see it all the time. But now when someone comes in with that dog, it looks like abuse. And they say, oh, he, 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 uh, he uh, um, uh, you know, they, they, they sort of fump for a little bit because they don't know what to say. Oh, we, we were in a car accident. And we find out, no, 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 no. We can see that this was not a car accident. This was abuse. Speaking of abuse, if you remember the story we, well, we discussed, it, I think one or two times about Lily. Lily was the 20-year-old horse that was someone hit with hundreds of paintballs. Actually, one of them ended up destroying her eye, which had to be removed. And uh, they, they really didn't know who to. So two happy endings to this story. First of all, the uh, Daily Show host, former Daily Show host, John Stewart and his wife, Tracy, basically adopted Lily. They have a horse sanctuary in New Jersey, and they took Lily in. And now she has a really wonderful home. So that's a really happy ending. And even happier, the perpetrator, the guilty party, who was a guy named Philip Price and of East Providence, was convicted of the paintball injury. So, so uh, they found a guy, they convicted him for animal abuse. So that's, uh, that to me is a happy ending. So Lily now is going to be living the rest of her years in a very calm, peaceful environment. And uh, that's really good news. Also on the medical front, we have a new vaccine for Bordetella. It's good because we're going to be talking about vaccines coming up in the second half of the show. And Bordetella is a respiratory vaccine. The lay term for Bordetella is kennel cough. And I, that worries me a little bit because in many areas, including right here in Los Angeles where I practice, that I don't like to call it kennel cough because kennel cough gives people that conception that is really a misconception that, well, if I don't take my dog to the kennel, then I don't need the vaccine. And in many municipalities, areas where the norm is running your dogs at the dog park, going out every day, walking in neighborhoods, passing 30, 40, 50 dogs along the way, going to doggy daycare, going to agility, going to a groomer, that's how, quote unquote, kennel cough can be transmitted. So it is truly a contagious respiratory infection, and it doesn't only have to come from a kennel. So therefore, if you are that person that is out with your dog all the time, goes to the park, goes to the trails, goes to doggy daycare, goes to the groomer, goes to the vet, and that's what I like to call it. I like to call it live in LA cough. So in certain areas, it is prevalent. Anyway, 
The new vaccine, Vanguard B from Zoetis, is actually an oral vaccine. So I know a lot of people don't like the needles. When the intranasals first came out, and I still use those for puppies, I was a big fan. And as you get uh, more experienced, I realize, you know what? My patients, at least, are so much better at taking the needle than grabbing them by the snout and putting something up their nose. Dogs' noses, dogs' faces are really sensitive and sensitive for good reason. And I find that more, way more of them object to the nose drops than they do the ejection. And now we have an oral gel. It's, very, it's a liquid. It's very easy. It comes in a little syringe. You just kind of pull the cheek away. It's almost like when you're giving liquid oral medication. That's how easy it is. So um, that's a, a new vaccine that I think shows a lot of promise. Another report, and we've known this for a long time, that is that small turtles. Remember, they used to get them at fairs and, and they're you know, the little uh, red-eared little turtles. They're really cute. But guess what? They are banned in many states, if not all now. Why? Because they carry salmonella. And since 2015, there have been four outbreaks across the nation, actually in 26 states, 133 individuals were affected by salmonella. And of course, little kids are at most risk because they're holding, their hands are right there, they're touching the faces, and then they don't wash their hands, and then right into the fingers going to their own mouths, and that's how the salmonella is transmitted. So even though they have been and are banned in many, many states, as I said, if not all, these outbreaks are still occurring. So obviously, they're occurring because these turtles are out there. So I would still be very, very cautious, especially, especially, if you have small kids, you want to make sure that you keep them away from the small turtles. Or if you're going to have one, if you insist, I mean, let's face it, they're kind of cute. They are fun to handle and play with. You got to make sure that you wash your hands thoroughly after handling your little turtle. Here's also one that, speaking of toxicities, how these things just flow so naturally. But according to the FDA, that though cases of illnesses and deaths from jerky treats made in China have waned over the last several years. We are still seeing them. They are still being reported. And I'm advising still caution from any of these treats that are coming from China. Their regulations are different than ours. As a matter of fact, there have been over 6,200 cases since 2007 here in the United States and over 1,100 canine deaths, notably because of these jerky treats. Now, have they, can they all be proved that it was just the jerky treats? Absolutely not. But the evidence is so strong against these treats. We're talking relatively young, healthy dogs. And the only variable in their lifestyle, only variable, was the jerky treats. So it's just too circumstantial, too coincidental to think otherwise. So again, our recommendation is clearly that it's very important to avoid these treats. There are wonderful, wonderful alternatives from treats made here in the U.S. We're not saying don't buy these jerky treats, don't buy the raw high treats, whatever. Just make be very careful, very cautious that um, they are not made in China. As a matter of fact, I was going through my emails the other day, and I get a lot of emails about anything pet, anything animal, and there was a company from China trying to sell me a practicing veterinarian. They must think because I, I wear a hat in the pet world as well as the veterinary world that uh, I'm maybe I'm gonna, a buyer, that I'd be interested in buying them for whatever reason. And guess what? I just erased it. I didn't even look at it because I personally will not trust it. And I think that regardless of, unless you can get something that is truly endorsed by USDA and strict, strict standards, I don't think that's going to happen. 
So I would just to be very, very safe, very, very cautious. And you want to avoid any of these types of treats that are made in China until we know more, until we see more success. Anyway, one more we're going to talk about as soon as we come back from our short break. So don't go away. Uh, we're going to talk about a, another new medication that I think shows a lot of promise from Zoetis. And then we are going to get right back in to a story on vaccines. So don't go away. We're right back here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And uh, we'll see you in a minute. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. It's hard to find time for your furry family member. That's where Camp Bow Wow comes in. All day play and overnight camp, daycare and boarding for dogs. Everything is included. Large play areas for fun and exercise. Spacious cabins, comfy cots, even live camper cams to watch from a computer or smartphone. Camp Bow Wow offers the best care and is the place to go where a dog can be a dog. For locations and more information, visit CampBowWow.com. This is my tired of itching face. Does your dog suffer from persistent itching and scratching? Allergies and skin irritations caused by environment, including pollens, insects, especially fleas, food and common household allergens are common problems in dogs. It's easy to alleviate your dog's discomfort at home with ProSense. ProSense itch and allergy products provide fast relief from symptoms like itchy, irritated skin, skin infections like hot spots and watery eyes. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. Are you having trouble getting the word out about your new pet product or invention? Let Whitegate PR open the gate to your marketing and public relations efforts. We've been specializing in public relations in the pet industry for over a decade. From press releases to media relations and publicity to pet trade shows and launch events to social media, the pet-friendly team at Whitegate PR has you covered. If you listen to the wise words of Bill Gates, he says, If I had $1 left, I'd spend it on PR. Learn more at whitegatepr.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host here on Pet Life Radio's Assets with Dr. Jeff. Uh, before we get going, I definitely want to give a, take a minute to thank our sponsors from Kong Veterinary Products, phenomenal products available through your veterinarian that just to help make life easier for your pets and help keep them healthier. Comfortis makers of, uh, well, excuse me, Elanco Lily, makers of Comfortis and Trifexis. Phenomenal products for fleas, for fleas and heartworm. Actually, my dogs are on the Trifexis. And uh, they just do amazingly, amazingly well and happily are flea-free. Save this life microchip. Uh, here's a great one. And even if your pets are already microchipped, we're going to have Chance White back on the show with us talking about the benefits of microchips. And interesting, I just had a, someone come in with a, from a shelter dog. It was a rescue from a rescue group. And they provided the microchip to implant. And I looked at it. It was one of the old-fashioned microchips. We're going to talk about microchips a little bit more. We do not 
want to administer a non-ISO microchip to our pets. So we will talk a little bit more about it. But anyway, Save This Life microchips are great. And you can even register with Save This Life if you don't have a Save This Life microchip. And we'll talk about how it works. It's amazing. It's kind of like having a GPS without having a GPS for your pet. And lastly, ProSense. ProSense are veterinary quality products you can get over the counter. We all know that products that we sell as veterinarians are often on the expensive side. They are high-end. They're amazing quality and very effective, but not everybody can afford it. So the alternative is you can go to your mass retailer and pick up some ProSense products today. Anyway, one more story before we get moving on to vaccines, and that is that a new product, as we are getting close very close to 4th of July, you want to see your veterinarian about Saleo. Saleo is a noise aversion product. It's a gel that you put inside your pet's mouth and between their cheek and their gum. It gets absorbed and it helps fight noise anxiety. The guesstimate is that there are roughly 70 million dogs in the United States. About a third of them suffer from some form of of noise aversion, noise anxiety, things like fireworks, things like thunder, construction sites where there's a lot of pounding, a car backfiring, whatever it is, we know and you know whether you not have a dog that is afraid of loud noises. Well, here's a solution, especially if it's predictable, especially if you know there's construction going, especially if you hear news that that thunderstorm is coming or 4th of July. You can get them on Saleo, speak to your veterinarian. It's a prescription medication, but it shows a lot of promise. So I think that's also great. We're going to be keeping an eye on that. I know I, as a veterinarian, will be ordering my Saleo because I think it's got major, major promise. So we did talk about the problem I'm getting. I'm getting a lot of questions lately about vaccines. Why? Because pets are traveling to areas. Pets are going on vacations with their owners. Pets are taking hikes because of good weather. And at what point, where do we draw the line between what I like to call a core vaccine and vaccines necessary for a lifestyle shift, even if it's temporary? Here's what I mean. For example, when I was in the Amazon, oh, about four or five years ago, and I did a veterinary mission, we did some spay neuter, capturing dogs and cats and fixing, helping them, sewing up wounds, getting on vaccines, et cetera. Of course, I was in the jungle in Peru, in the Amazon, and I needed to have vaccines that I, I wouldn't have here. So because of that temporary two and a half weeks of lifestyle change, I needed to get vaccines. Our pets are no different. In your areas, talk to your veterinarians about what vaccines are necessary for here and now, okay? Rabies, well, that's required by law. So you're gonna have to get rabies. Now, some states don't require it for your cats. So if you have an indoor cat, for example, and it's not required by law, you don't need a rabies shot, plain and simple. Unless you're inviting raccoons or skunks or bats or something in your house that are potentially rabies carriers, which I doubt you are, why vaccinate for something if the risk of exposure is slim to none? So how about things like leukemia for a cat? Well, the same thing. My, I have lots of cats, all indoors, and I don't vaccinate for leukemia or rabies because here in California, we don't need, it's not required by law. So here's some others. When it comes to, for example, I use it as Los Angeles because that's what I'm very familiar with. We do, as a routine, our rabies, of course, by law for dogs, distemper parvo and the parent influenza that comes with us. And we do, as I mentioned earlier in the first half of the show, Bordetella, Recommended pretty much for everybody why it's airborne and it's endemic in Los Angeles. It's not just kennel cough. It's take your dog for a walk in your neighborhood cough. Go to the park cough. Go to the groomer cough. Go to the vet cough. 
Uh, go to take a dog on, uh, go to Runyon Canyon Cough. That's a place where a lot of people go on Sunday mornings with their pets. That's why it is so prevalent. So if you, in fact, if you're going to these places that are the groomers, the boarding facilities, the daycares, et cetera, they're going to recommend it every six months because it's usually a killed bacteria, not such a great vaccine as far as efficacy, and therefore maybe twice a year. Dogs that are just going to, you know, if they walk in the neighborhood, they go to the groomer once a blue moon, they're probably okay with once a year. Things like coronavirus, I don't recommend. Why? Because coronavirus is like a 24-hour stomach flu. Do I want to give just another vaccine, another opportunity for a vaccine reaction to my pet? Eh, the answer is no. So therefore, I don't recommend it. Lyme disease. This is where I get really nuts. Rattlesnake vaccine, lepto vaccine. There are a number of vaccines out there that are truly lifestyle. So for example, here for the typical pet in our area, I don't recommend those. However, when a guy comes to me and he's going to be taking a trip to the Sierras with his dog and he going for camping, did we add on lepto? You betcha. Did we add on rattlesnake? You betcha. So these are the vaccines that we do would be a reason or if they're endemic in your area. If you live in the country where there are a lot of ponds and streams and little wild animals and rodents and skunks and raccoons, yes, leptospirosis vaccine should be a part of your normal vaccines. If rattlesnakes are a problem in your area, if you live in the backwoods somewhere and you see rattlers, then yes, you want to get rattlesnake vaccine as part of your normal. So it's very, very important to look at the lifestyle, look at where you go and what you're doing, what is the potential risk of exposure. Understand that vaccines are not without risk. As a matter of fact, I talked to a human immunologist and we had a discussion because I personally, and I know a lot of you out there would agree, we don't like to give a lot of vaccines in one day. That's another problem I have with this large vaccine. I mean, this large I, I call it a vaccine chain because that's practically what they do, but it's a, a hospital chain. It starts with a B. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to say the name, but I've talked about it before. Not one of my favorite, but I've seen cases come from this hospital or one of the chains from the, one of the hospitals from this chain with literally 10 vaccines or eight vaccines in one day and vaccines that, oh my, are you joking? You're going to give, uh, you know, uh, here in Los Angeles, we don't really have Lyme disease. And you're going to give Borrelia, and you're going to give Rattlesnake, and you're going to give Lepto, and you're going to give this and this and this and this. I mean, it is insane. And I don't think it's safe. And I asked this immunologist, I said, is it safe? I mean, are you worried about giving five or six or seven vaccines in one day? And it was very interesting. He said that immunologically, because my thought always was, we are overtaxing the immune system. We're giving all this antigen in one day. We're going to drive this poor immune system wild. How are they going to, how can it keep track? I mean, it's, it blows my mind. He said it was very interesting that immunologically, the body, the immune system can handle it. That's what's so amazing. There are millions of these immunomodulating cells, these antibodies that can respond to antigen, all right, and the ability to make antibodies. He goes, that's not the issue. The issue is that in every single vaccine, it's not just pure antigen. It has to sit with an adjuvant. It's got the carrier. It's got the the, the preservatives, I mean, whatever's in that vaccine, that's where you can have a problem. So with each added vaccine, you are multiplying the possibility of a dog having a reaction to that ingredient, one of those ingredients. It's not the antigen itself, not the vaccine. The immune system, he says, can handle it. But we don't like to give a lot of vaccines in one time because of the possibility of reaction. Now, when we talk about reaction, how about in cats, for example, we see something called a vaccine-induced sarcoma. 
Why do you think now that we're giving vaccines to dogs and cats, we always try to do it in a limb? We don't like giving them any more in the back or the, the nape of the neck. Why? Because if they get, especially a cat, a bad reaction, we're screwed. I mean, you, you, the, unfortunately, this cat ultimately will probably have to be put to sleep because of a vaccine and a vaccine placed in a place that you can't remove. Whereas if it happens in a thigh, and unfortunately, these things do happen, at least you can amputate the limb. So that's why we are big fans of not over-vaccinating, only vaccinating for those against those diseases that are prevalent in an area. And we try not to give too many in one day. The smaller the dog, the more nervous I get. So I will break it up as much as I can. Now, you know, a lot of these, we know these covalent vaccines. That's the vaccines that come for like distemper, hepatitis, you know, parent influenza, parvo, et cetera. A lot of veterinarians, I would say a lot. There are veterinarians out there that like to get individual. I don't know if you have to go that far. I mean, it's not wrong, but I don't think it's necessary. But as far as giving, you know, five or six vaccines in one day, that's kind of where I draw the line. I am not a really big fan of that. So speak to your veterinarian, talk it out, ask him or her what diseases are prevalent in our area. If we don't see, for example, heartworm in an area, why are you giving heartworm prevention? Um, If we don't have rattlesnakes in my backyard and my dog doesn't really venture past that or the neighborhood walk in a very urban area, why are we giving a vaccine against rattlesnakes? And the same thing with, you know, as I said, coronavirus. And one thing to remember also that if you're going to give a vaccine for the very, very first time, Often, again, check with your veterinarian, often about a month later, you want to give a second vaccine because that sort of acts as the booster. That's the one that's going to give you that long-term protection. Just one vaccine out of the blue may not protect your pet as we like after, say, four or five weeks. So anyway, there we have it. Thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Once again, I want to thank our sponsors, Kong Veterinary and ProSense, and Save This Life Microchip, Elanco Lily, Makers, Comfortus, and Trifexis. And we will see you here uh, next week. Have a wonderful, wonderful Memorial Day weekend. If you're going to barbecue, make it a good one. you got two great days to do it. That's today and tomorrow. And for those of you, like myself, who are not working tomorrow, have a great extra day off. Uh, we'll see you here next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.